the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world of food. First, this really got my mouth watering. Keebler started making ice cream cones that taste just like Girl Scout Thin Mint cookies. Oh, my gosh. Wouldn't they be great with some vanilla ice cream in there? Oh, (laughs) Second, Taco Bell started selling a new Mountain Dew Baja Blast that tastes like pina colada. And finally, in the world of food, you've heard of avocado toast with an egg on top. Yeah, my wife made me that uh, last weekend. Really the good. latest TikTok food craze. It sounds so good. I can't wait to try it. Pesto eggs. You cook mm. the eggs, your favorite style, on okay. top of pesto instead of butter or oil. And then you put it on a toasted sourdough bread with ricotta, smashed avocado, honey, salt, and pepper, and red pepper flakes. Huh. I was That's good. a fancy way to make it. I was good. Just the pesto and the eggs sounded good. You can do the pesto and the eggs and then put it on toast. That's the easy way to make it. But hmm. the the true TikTok star, food stars, like it with all the other little accoutrements, too. Kev, I don't know what to do. Our dog, Alex the Wonder Mutt, keeps hurting our feelings. Aww. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. I don't know if your dog is high maintenance, but our dog, Alex the Wonder Mutt, is. It's partly our fault because we've spoiled her. She expects a walk every morning, a walk every evening. She likes treats. She likes belly rubs. It's just, it seems like it's endless. Like, we joke sometimes that it takes two people to (laughs) be dog parents of a schmoo. That's Hmm. our nickname for her, Alex the Wonder Mutt. But she's really been hurting our feelings lately. We went over to my sister's house two evenings in a row. And both times, she did not want to leave. Glenn took her outside, and she tried to walk right back in their house. And we're like, oh my gosh, all that we do for her, and this is the (laughs) response we get. So I guess that's how parents feel when, you know, they go to grandma's house and the kids don't want to leave because it's so fun at grandma's house because there's no rules and more treats. and They don't feel that way. They say, go ahead and stay. Okay, bye. We'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) Well, maybe you, you say you out loud in dog. front of maybe grandma will let you spend the night again. Right. Ask again, kid. <laughs> Have you ever had one of those teachers who goes above and beyond to invest in your life? Coming up, you are going to love this story. Have you ever had a teacher who went above and beyond to invest in your education oh, and yeah. in, in you as a person? You're going to love this. A professor in Massachusetts has gone viral for helping his graduate student who has a baby. Dr. Troy Littleton, a professor of neuroscience at MIT, posted a picture on Twitter of a crib he put up in his office. He said, my favorite new equipment purchased for the lab, a travel crib to go in my office so that my graduate student can bring her nine-month-old little girl to work when necessary, and I get to play with her while mom gets some things done. Win-win. What makes it even more special? After the tweet blew up, he tweeted again. And he said, he's not the hero, because everyone was going like, oh, what a great guy. He said, the hero is the mom who's pursuing her doctorate. And he added that dad is staying home with their baby girl right now, but the crib is a backup. If dad, you know, is busy or has to do something else, then she can bring the baby with her. 
was he a, a professor of? Um, it's neuroscience. Yeah, that, I, that's what I was going to do, but I did radio instead. Oh, okay, that's a good second <laughs> choice. I, I got to tell you, Boyd, the time just goes by so fast with kids. And, and I know mom, I know dad, it can be overwhelming. You feel like the days are never going to end. It's like endless homework class, fundraisers. Hey, did you did you get your bag ready for dance after school? Because I need that in the car before I drop you off. You know, that kind of stuff, the tasks of everyday life can make it seem like it's going to go on forever. And I'm here to tell you, it does not. Because all of our kids are, they're past that age. Our youngest graduated high school last year. Um, our oldest is... T- I can remember dropping him off in kindergarten like it was yesterday. And now he drives himself downtown for his master's degree. He's going after his master's in jazz studies. And I'm like, how did this happen? How did they get to be so all grown up? My daughter, Amber, who I can remember like yesterday, she's crying on her way to middle school because of a zit. And she just got a job as a junior account executive at a marketing firm. And I'm like, what? How does this happen? There's no way, but the time, it does go by so super fast, and it's a mix. It's bittersweet, because I'm telling you, as I'm telling you all these things, I'm so proud of my kids and what they're doing with their lives. I think it's really, really great, but at the same time, I'm looking at Facebook memories, and one of them came up, wow, next year we'll have one in high school and two in middle school, you know, Mm. and now they're all, it's fly the nest time, so it's weird, but mom, dad, take a minute. Lift your head up above all the daily task, the to-do stuff of the day-to-day life and really stop for a minute and recognize where your kids are. Know that every day they're getting closer to that day when it's going to be, hey, mom, dad, I got my first job. I'm moving away. And you're going to be like, where did it all go? It went by so quickly because I'm telling you, it does. And you're doing a great job, mom, dad. Keep it up. Are you planning on changing up your hairstyle anytime soon? Men are, especially. Hmm. 75% of men said no thank you to professional hair care during the pandemic. I've seen this in real life. What percentage? 75%. Hmm. My husband went and got his hair cut yesterday. He's been going to the same good old boys barber shop for years. Mm Mm-hmm. They're down to only two barbers, and they are hurting. Mm. They said everybody's working from home. They don't care what their hair looks like. Wow. So it's really impacted their business. when it first started, I was cutting my own hair. <laughs> Do you remember Were that? Were you really? You oh, I forgot got, you did that. Yeah, really long in the front, so I just started <laughs> chopping, and I was like, hey, I'm not bad at this. And I kept chopping, and then I realized, hey, I'm not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> so because 75% of men said no thank you to professional hair care during the pandemic, uh, they're ready for a change. One in five American men are hoping the mullet makes a comeback. Hey. Over half of men would love to change their look, but they're afraid to try something new. And a third of men who experimented with a hair trend regretted it later. <laughs> Have you ever experimented with a hair trend? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, especially back when I was young, you know, like yeah. teenage years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you got highlights. I remember you telling that story. Well, yeah, back when I was like 18 and Tracy did them. And uh, yeah, it was a disaster. I can tell that story later. But what else have you tried? You got some other stories for us? Yeah, yeah. We can talk about that in in a bit. I can't wait to hear. Trying a bunch of different (laughs) hairstyles, but we don't have enough time right now. (laughs) Do you seriously want to hear about my hairstyle history? Only because I'm curious because I I only know about the perm. It's a long and sorted tale. Oh, really? (laughs) Wow. All right, it's coming up next. 
So I think every time one of us makes a, a decision about a hairstyle, it's all in an effort to look fabulous. Yeah. Right? We, we, it's um, the imagination at play. When you see that hairstyle in a magazine and you go, that's the one for me, you can imagine yourself looking like that and thinking... I'm going to look great. Oh, yeah. You take it with you to the hair salon and say, make me look like this. So here's the quick, the Cliff Notes version of Kev's hair history. There was the bi-level. <gasps> really? I got to see oh, yeah. a picture of that. There was the perm. <laughs> there was the bi-level perm. <laughs> <laughs> like a country music star. That was followed by Super Short. Which was followed by Super Long, which I still get when we had Kevin and Taylor billboards around town. I had really long hair and people still come up to me. It's been years. I mean, like decades since it was that long. And people still come up and go, you got a haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Big boy haircut a long time ago. But the most infamous one was the highlights that Tracy, who we were just dating at the time, uh, she gave me was after I got my haircut really super, super short. I want some blonde hair lot highlights so it was back in the day where you'd put like this plastic cap like a swimming cap on the person's head and it had holes all over it and you'd pull strands of hair through the holes put the chemical on leave it on for like a half hour wash it out voila highlights well the hair was too short there wasn't a lot of strands to pull through so i wound up having dots all over my head (laughs) did you start a new hair trend no, it looked after about two weeks. It did look really cool. And yeah, all my friends were like, "Well, how'd you do that?" And I was like, "Well, <laughs> I look like an idiot for two weeks." <laughs> That's hilarious. So there you go. I'd the like clip, to see photo evidence version. of all of these. <laughs> the other day, I was telling a friend of mine that my best friend, when I was a little girl, Claudine, her mom worked at a bakery. Mm-hmm. And there were always baked goods in her mm. house. It was the best. I love and- Claudine. I've never even met her. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got a fun idea. What perk did you enjoy as a kid because of your parents' job? Were you like Claudine? Always baked goods in the house because your mom worked at a bakery? Hey, Andrea, we're talking about perks that you had because of what your parents did for a job. What, what was it for you? So my dad worked with sales and Delta Airlines. Yeah. So we've always... Well, growing up, we flew for free, and uh, for the most part, we'd always fly first class. <laughs> wow! I've never flown first yeah. class. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, we definitely were spoiled. The family of five, and trying to flying standby wasn't the best, but man, getting on first as a little girl was always really awesome. Where were some of the places you got to fly to? Um, we've flown everywhere. I was an au pair in Italy and in Germany. I flew to Chile, South uh, Mexico, Puerto Rico, where my parents are from. So we flew a lot of places um, wow. that I know that other people didn't have experience to do, so we were pretty lucky for sure. We're talking about uh, perks that you got to enjoy as a kid because of your, your parents' job. We just hung up with a lady whose dad was in the military, and uh, one day a year they got to go to the base and like crawl in the tanks and the planes and stuff. That's that, so cool. It's like heaven as a little kid. Uh, for me, I had a couple with my dad. He, um, he was what they call a buyer for a big, huge department store, and he bought electronics. So we would get all of the latest technology. Now, remember, Ooh. this was like the 70s and 80s. So the latest technology was like <laughs> a VCR, a high end. Yeah, well, no, I can top that before VCRs, laser discs. And this was back when they were they weighed like two pounds each. The discs did and they came on a big sleeve. And when we had the astronaut uh, radio, you ever see one of those? It looks like an astronaut helmet. And no. had an eight track player in it. We had one of those. So, yeah, we, were, we had the latest technology. 
for the 70s. So that was kind of cool. And then the other thing, too, because of his job, he was friends with the trainer of the Baltimore Orioles. Ooh. The guy that, to put it, if somebody gets hurt on the field and the guy that runs out on the field to treat him, that yeah. was one of my dad's friends. The sports trainer. So we could go to Oriole games anytime we wanted. And the tickets that he would get for us were his seats and they were with the players' wives. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. But what about you? What was the perk I, of your dad? I didn't have a whole lot of perks. Uh, my dad was a pastor for many years and then a civil engineer. And my mom's an artist. So let's just say I had a lot of great help with science fair projects. <laughs> but um, the one perk I got because my friend... Her aunt worked was Burt Reynolds' personal secretary. We had the Burt Reynolds Dinner Theater in Jupiter, Florida, where I grew up because Burt Reynolds lived in Jupiter Farms. And so I got to go to so many Broadway musicals. Oh, that's cool. And I loved it. It was like, and we could go backstage and we'd see the dressing room where all the famous actors had signed this mirror and... Now, so I thought that was pretty cool. Because I'm a guy, if you had told me, like, I got, Bert took me for a drive in that, in the Smokey and the Bandit Black Trans Am, then I would have been impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never did meet Bert. A friend of mine, his dad went to school with Bert Reynolds. And when he met him as a baby, Bert, he peed on Bert Reynolds. So that was the big famous story in town. So have you ever spewed, you know, you, hey, you do the right thing, no matter what, even when it's hard. Right, integrity, when no one, it's what you do when no one's watching. Yes. It which matters. Is easier said than done when you find a million dollar lottery ticket that someone threw in the trash. Ooh. That really happened. No kidding. Yeah. Um, this guy named Abby, he discovered this diamond million scratch off lottery ticket at his family's convenience store in Massachusetts. And at first, his like brain lit up, and he's like, "Oh my gosh!" He's like thirty, and he's like, "I'm in the money. Oh, we could get a Tesla. <laughs> we could do this. We could pay off this debt." And he said, "What happened next was he didn't sleep for two nights. Hmm. He tossed and turned, and he realized, you know, what's the right thing to do? You know, whose scratch off ticket that was? It's a woman that comes in, Leah Rose Fiega. She comes in like almost every day on her lunch break." And stands at the counter and so scratches him off. Gave it back to her. No kidding. Gave it to her. And the store, I mean, that's part of the lottery. The store gets $10,000, so yeah. that's good for the store. You get money for a winning ticket. It isn't life-changing money like it is for Leah Rose. She got a million-dollar winnings just because somebody was being honest and truthful and right. Wow. Isn't that an incredible story? That is. That's Ooh. really cool. Way wow. to go. Way to go. Up. And they also, they get... Uh, not just money from the lottery, but now people that regularly play the lottery mm-hmm. will view that as a lucky store. Oh, I didn't know it worked that way. And okay, their, their sales will go up, not and just of lottery tickets, but uh, yeah, give me a Monster Energy drink too. Just, <laughs> just between you and me, I hope uh, Leah Rose gives him something. Little tip. Little, yeah, I do believe that's something. customary as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, think back. What's the most mad your teenager has gotten with you? <laughs> Coming up, probably not as mad as this guy. What's the most mad your teenager has ever gotten with you? Mm, probably when one of my daughters was four, 13 or 14, and I would not sign the parental consent form for her to get a One Direction tattoo. <laughs> 
I did not remember that story. That's funny. Uh, maybe your teen is giving you the silent treatment. I won't name any names, but I know someone who removed the door off their daughter's bedroom because she kept slamming it. Um, well, Love that move. That is nothing compared to what Andres Canto did. He lives in Spain. He got so mad at mom and dad, he started digging an underground backyard cave in his yard. (laughs) He was 14, and he never stopped digging. Now that he's 20, he has a literal man cave that features a living room and a bedroom, a heating system, Wi-Fi, and a music system. The whole project only costs 60 bucks. But here's the problem. He's 20 now. Can you picture him on a date? No. So do you do you live in in your parents' basement? Uh, well, not exactly. Kind of. I live in a cave I dug in their backyard. That I don't think he's ever going to get to a second date. There's no chance. I don't know. There's there's got to be a quirky woman out there that's going to think that is just that's the, coolest the one thing in for the world, me, right? To the horror, oh, of, to the horror of that girl's parents. When your, <laughs> he's going to be the one. When your cave floods in the springtime, it's so romantic. <laughs> I love the story of the kid who threw the tantrum and was digging a tunnel in his belt. Started as a tunnel, turned into a giant cave yeah. after years and years and years of started digging. when he was fourteen. Now he's twenty. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. What's the biggest tantrum your kids ever threw? When it, let's talk tween and teen years. What did they just dig in? And they were just like throwing a tantrum and they were mad. You laugh about it now. We'd love to hear from you. There's no shame. We've all been there with our kids acting up. So we're talking about teenage temper tantrums. Have your tweens or teens ever thrown a doozy? And it's it's funny. I can't help but think, you know, here we are looking at laughing at our kids when they've done that before. How many times have we done this to God? Oh, <laughs> you know man. I mean? Throw a little, our little temper tantrum. Why yeah. me? Why me, God? Mm-hmm. In there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, my kids, they weren't really into the big, huge blow-ups. Not saying that we didn't have our, especially with three daughters, our share of slam doors and, you know, like, that's it. They, you know what they never did? I hear some, some parents deal with the, the kid telling them, I hate you. I hate you. Oh, good. They never, ever did that. Not saying they didn't feel it. They just didn't say it. They were more into the subtle temper tantrum. The silent treatment. Like, you know what? You're punished. You're going to you do the dishes for a week, young lady. Okay. And they would do this dishes very, very slowly. <laughs> oh, a little passive aggressive yes. activity going there, huh? Yes. That's him with with headphones on, so you could not speak to them while. <laughs> you, like if they weren't doing it, I'd be like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you're not doing that right." And they take the headphones out and give you that. Every parent has experienced this look and this this response. What? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so it's broaching disrespectful, but not really. There, they give themselves enough cover to pull it off and let you know. I am not happy. They put the dishes away with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Thus, our collection of chipped plates. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So I can't have nice things. Right. So our kids were a little, they were a little slicker with their temper tantrums. It wasn't a full frontal attack. It was more of a flank <laughs> with their tenor t- temper tantrums. But what about you with your kids? Are there are, are there any temper tantrums that are now family legend? Like, I would love to know the story behind your friend taking their kid's door off the hinges because they kept slamming the door 
there's a story there. But what about you? We are talking about our teenagers throwing temper tantrums. This is Marie, and I have got a story for you about the door off the hinges. Oh, let's hear Ooh, it. Okay. Oh, my oldest daughter, who is now 32, decided it was real cute when she got mad at me several times to slam her door. I had never taken doors off the hinges and, until that point. <laughs> I took the door off the hinges and slammed it up against the wall next to her door, next to her room, and I said, Guess what? Privacy is a privilege in this house, and right now you don't have none. <laughs> oh, how long did the oh, door stay two down? Two weeks. Wow, that's yeah. rough. Uh, yeah, she, tried, she tried to get me in trouble with Grandma because she immediately called Grandma and said, Mom, took my door off the hinges. My mom said, what did you do? She said, I slammed it. She says, well, good. <laughs> Way to go, Grandma, backing you up. That's awesome. Oh, wow, yeah. what a story. Now, now because I, I love it when what goes around comes around, does your daughter have kids of her own now? She has a five-year-old. Oh, good, it's coming then. The door slam is coming. exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to how maniacal your laugh is. <laughs> 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 now, do you feel like your teenagers are doing fairly well lately? There's a red flag you're going to want to be watching out for mom and dad after a particularly tough year. The pandemic has fueled a surge of eating disorders in teens. Mm. So many teens need care. In fact, they're seeing waiting lists for treatment like counseling and more. And it's especially affecting girls ages 12 to 18 And they think it's been fueled by the stress of the pandemic and the isolation. Cases are up 30% compared to the past two years. And uh, as someone who has someone pretty close to me that struggled with an eating disorder, anything you can do for early intervention is so helpful. Mm -hmm. So um, if if you're going through this, man, we are going to be praying for you because it's a long journey. It's interesting how when you've got little kids, our producer Griffin has a five-year-old and a four-year-old. So many little things in life can be a life lesson. And I think one of the worst fears we all have is throwing a party and no one showing up. We're going to talk about that next. So Griff Taylor was just saying that uh, you guys have a situation with a, a party and you're worried if people are going to show up. Well, it, it happened a few days ago. Oh, no. What, My, what, what, it wasn't. My kids got invited to a birthday party. Okay. And the whole class was invited. Well, it turns out, you know, my wife took them to the party, took my kids to the party, you know, because if we get invited to something, we're going to go unless there's something major going on and we can't be there. Of course, we're going to go support their friends or whatnot. And my wife sends me a text. She says, good thing we came because we are the only kids who Ah, showed up. Oh, man. Of course, there's like grandparents and stuff there. But in terms of kids, my two kids were the only kids that showed up for this kid to play with on at their birthday party. And they rented out a place. It was kind of a big deal. It was a lot of fun. I wonder where everybody was. And I think some kids were sick. And I think they were legit excuses. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're so young. It's not like they were purposefully missing out on a party. But it did kind of give us the opportunity as much as we can at the age they're at, at five and four, to kind of teach them the idea of like something I'm really big on is the ministry of presence. Mm. Just, you know, actually being present for things and showing up for things. A lot of people did that in my life. Mm. I've tried to do it for my brother and sister at like school events or ball games or whatever. Yeah, you've been mm. so good about that as a big brother. Yeah, just try to be there, just support them. You mm-hmm. don't even have to do much, just show up and be there. Yeah. So it kind of gave us an opportunity to 
show our kids, you know, if we get invited to something, we're going to show up unless yeah, something's can, going sure. on. Yeah, yeah. Try to be there. Aww, so on the upside really for your good. kids, I can't imagine how much cake they got to eat. Oh, I know. They came back pretty uh, sugared up. A lot of pizza, a lot of cake for them. Yeah. Five of those little take-home prize bags. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All that stuff everywhere. So it paid off for them on the back end, yeah. Would you be willing to donate one of your kidneys coming up in this situation? I bet you would. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Look at people who donate one of their kidneys as such heroes. I mean, to put yourself through surgery and all that healing, that is so sacrificial. So you're going to love this story. After a chance encounter, two women co-workers ended up donating their kidneys to each other's husbands. Susan and Tia both work at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. And a co-worker who knew both Tia's husband, Rodney, and Susan's husband, Lance, uh, needed a kidney, connected them just, you know, for emotional support and never dreamed what would happen next. Months later, they ran into each other in the bathroom at work and compared notes on blood types and realized, we might be a match for each other's husbands. Hmm. They went and got tested and they were. Tia said they are both exhilarated at the magnificence of God. Both husbands are thrilled at getting a second chance in life. And Tia's husband, especially Rodney, he's so much more present for her and the kids Hmm. because he felt like he got a second chance. That's cool. My son and I both, we didn't even hesitate. A friend of ours is going through that right now. She needs a kidney transplant. She lives in another state, friend of my wife's. And when she said she's looking for a donor, I said, I'll do it. Yeah, it oh, turns cool. out we're not to say I'm not the right blood type, but she was like, "Really, you do?" I was like, "Yeah, we, that's awesome. We love Kim. Why not?" And then she told our son the same thing, like, "Oh man, you're gonna believe this. Miss Kim needs kidney transplant." He goes, "I'll do it." I was like, "Wow, that's, that's pretty, awesome. Pretty cool." Our response, mine and Kyle's response, was both yeah. the same exact words. Very casual. I'll do it. We had two listeners of the Kevin and Taylor Show donate. One guy donated a kidney. To yeah. another woman and their friend, their families are friends to this day. Yeah, that's a bond. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Are your allergies really bad this year? Mine are so bad. I lost my voice for the first time in my life. Well, it's not your imagination. Allergies are worse this year. They said pollen season has increased by 20 days and pollen concentrations are up too. So, what can you do to ease the suffering? Uh, one thing you can do is invest in an air filter for your home. Throw clothes in the wash when you get inside and take a shower. And even though it sounds like no fun, you can wear a mask while doing yard work. It'll just keep some of the pollen out of your nose. And finally, this is the most shocking thing. Have an extra cup of coffee. The caffeine will help with the drowsiness as Mm. well as the congestion. Mm. I've never heard of coffee helping congestion before. Caffeine, what can't you do? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.